0: Whoa, wait a minute. Huh? Hold up. What? Oh, okay. Did we just lose the f***ing Canucks? You're listening to Halford and Bruff. To the Devil's Zone. Wrap around, he scores! With 10 seconds left of the period, Connor Garland answers back for the Canucks. So
1: We've competed like bastards for most of the game. He has made it very clear he's not yet ready to talk contract with Vancouver.
2: I ain't saying nothing. Did you have any different feelings coming off that field? Disappointed about the way the game turned out, sure. Enough! 24,
0: 2
3: minutes hooking! Good morning, Vancouver 601 on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. It is Halford, it is Bruff. It is SportsNet 650. We are coming to you live from the Kintech Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. Jason, good morning. Good morning. A dog, good morning to you. Good morning. Laddie, good morning to you. Hello, hello. And the latest entrant into the 650 intern program. Sonia, good morning to you. Good morning. We did it. Flawless. Alfred and Breath of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Accurate Dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Accurate Dealer today. Uh, we have a big show ahead. But before we do any of it, Jason, can you tell everybody about Kintech?
2: We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio, Kintech Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for? Kintech. There you go. Uh, hour one of this program
3: is brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling, Vancouver's premier metal recycler, pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling, they recycle you, you get paid. Visit them at 1170 Powell Street. In Vancouver, I mentioned we got a big show ahead. It's not just because of the guest list. We have a million things we need to get into. We have a giveaway. We have a Canucks game. We have the National
2: Championship tonight, Jason. How excited are you for that? I'm very excited. I've been told, uh, I've, I've told everyone at home, don't talk to me. Starting past, at- past four o'clock, don't even, pretend I'm not even there. Pretend I'm not alive. Early start time, mm-hmm. our time, 4.30. Washington, Michigan in the National Championship
3: today. One of the things that's happening. While the Canucks are on, too. Yeah, Canucks are on at four o'clock from Madison Square Garden. They will take on the New York Rangers. Uh, first of a back-to-back, they take on the Islanders and Bo Horvat tomorrow. Guest list. 6.30, David Amber, Hockey Night in Canada, Sportsnet NHL host. Uh, we will whip around everything that's going on around the league, including this Canucks swing uh, through the East Coast. That's 6.30 with David Amber. 7.30, Mike Tannier, our NFL insider from The Messenger, is going to join us. The NFL wildcard playoff weekend is set. It looks awesome. There are several great games on the horizon. The Seattle Seahawks will not be part of the festivities. They're out. In case you missed that, A Dog just realized that at five fifty nine this morning. It's like, wait, are the Seahawks not in the playoffs? But they yeah. won.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> but 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 they won. They did win.
0: I wasn't really paying attention.
2: No kidding. No. Oh, really? No kidding. No. A couple of coaches are out too. Uh, Arthur Smith. So his uh, his last moment in Atlanta will be crying about the other team running the score. so <laughs> brought that up this <laughs> morning. <He's laughs> so like, that's nice for him. I couldn't believe uh, that was real. <laughs> and the Commanders uh, have fired Ron Rivera as expected and bob myers is yes. in there. so he, the former war, uh golden state warriors gm bob myers he's not the new coach but i guess he's gonna help ownership in some way i don't know what his title is this feels like i need to explain to andy as well now so bob myers
3: <laughs> is a general manager from basketball mm-hmm. the golden
2: state warriors mm-hmm. and what sport do the washington commanders play
0: uh they play football yes
2: right? yeah 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 Crazy. Their general manager is a basketball general manager. They also missed the playoffs. (laughs) They also missed the playoffs. They're not in.
3: Uh, So we got uh, David Amber at 6.30, Mike Tannier at 7.30, Kevin Woodley, NHL.com and Ingole Magazine at 8 o'clock. He's going to be joining us to look back on the Canucks win over the Devils on the weekend. Also look ahead to these games against the Rangers and the Islanders. Okay, this is kind of cool. We're giving away tickets every day this week to a live show of the 32 Thoughts podcast with Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman. Uh, Thursday, January 18th from Wicket Hall in Victoria. I've never been there. Andy, have you been there? Greg, have you been there? Nope. Uh, now, Andy... Ma- Wicket Hall? Wicket. Wicket Hall. Wicket, uh, man. man. Wicket. <laughs> Make sure we emphasize it's wicked like, a, Wicket. like an Ewok. Yeah. yeah. Wow. A-
2: Thank you. you I know that. you're
0: surprised by that. Because I, I was thinking in my head, and I was like, I'm not going to say this because Brough will know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm very impressed. You knew who Wicket was. I was going to say, you. like,
3: Cricket. I was I was cricket. thinking Cricket, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but that's fine. Also, the thing.
0: Star, the Star Wars guy, The Star Trek guy. He's an Ewok, not a thing.
3: Um, <laughs> Now, Andy made it abundantly clear uh, right off the hop, as we were prepping for this, that if you're going to enter the contest to win the tickets to see a live show of 32 Thoughts...
0: Which, by the way, you can only see if you have the tickets. You have to be you able to... Yeah, just be- walk in there.
3: You have to be able to go to the show. Yes. We're not... You can't be, like, from here, and you're like, maybe I'll make it over. Like, you have to be committed to go. Yeah, either and-
0: live in Victoria or around that area, or if you're from here and you want to enter... Make sure you're going to go to Victoria to see this.
3: Well, it's, the, it's the honor system, basically. Correct. So Dunbar Lumber text line is 650-650. Text in. Uh, we're giving away tickets every day this week. Okay, working in reverse. Guest list, 8 o'clock. It's Kevin Woodley. 7.30, it's Mike Tanier. 6.30, David Amber. We've got a lot to get into. Without further ado, Laddie, let's tell everybody what happened.
2: Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. no, what happened? I missed
3: all the action because I was We know how busy your life can be. What happened? You missed
0: that? What happened?
3: What happened is brought to you by the BC Construction Safety Alliance. Making safety simpler by giving construction companies the best in tools, resources, and safety training. Visit them online at bccsa.ca. The lotto line, oh it's back! JT Miller and Elias Pedersen each had two goals and an assist. The Canucks held off a late surge by the New Jersey Devils on Saturday.
2: 6-4 win at the Prudential Center on Hockey Night in Canada. Do you think Talk was listening to our show? Because it was on Friday that we were talking about how, oh, maybe just switch up the top six. And I suggested, I don't know, maybe, you know, switch up the pairs of uh, Besser and Miller and Petey and McKeev. And you were just like, why don't you just put the lotto line back together? Yeah, I I called it. The answer to your question, though, is 100% no. Rick Tockett did not
3: listen to the show in any way, shape, or form. Well,
2: regardless, that was probably one of the most uh, impressive performances we've seen from the Canucks out of this current core of players, out of this version of the Canucks. Um, Yes, the Devils were banged up, missing a bunch of key players, including Jack Hughes, who had been hurt. The night before, and in the game against the Chicago Blackhawks, same game where Connor Bedard that game was crazy. By the way, got hurt, and we'll talk about that later. Um, but the Canucks have had all sorts of trouble with the New Jersey Devils, especially in Newark. Uh, and once again, the Canucks responded with a really solid performance after a loss. The Canucks have only lost consecutive games twice this season. We're almost halfway through the season; they've only lost consecutive games twice. Uh, And they've yet to lose more than two in a row. That's all they've done. Uh, Now, there's a couple of stories on the night. The big story of the night, as mentioned, the lotto line was reunited and produced in a big way so we can discuss whether or not Tockett should keep rolling with them. JT Miller had two goals and an assist and finished plus five on the night. Uh, Connor Garland scored again his third goal in his last six games. And it's the fact that there has been that line. I don't I don't even know if I want to call them the third line anymore. No. And it might be the second line, the way things are constructed, but it's that line with Garland, Bluger, and Dakota Joshua, and this guy. And I think we should have some appreciation for Pugh Suter, mm. who centered McKayev and Kuzmenko. If the Canucks didn't have a player like Pugh Suter, a versatile player like him – It'd be really tough to put that lot of line back together. He centered Mikaev and Kuzmenko, who was in the lineup, and they actually dominated possession, although they were minus one. Now, I said earlier that that was probably one of the more impressive performances we've seen from the Canucks. Feels like there's a butt coming. Well, they needed an empty netter to make it a two-goal game, and... Uh, this game really shouldn't have been close on the scoreboard. And the Canucks did need a big penalty kill at the end to win it in regulation. Kudos to JT Miller and Dakota Joshua, who took a rather careless penalty to put the Canucks shorthanded for combining on the empty netter when Joshua came out mm-hmm. to make it 6-4. to four. The biggest concern right now, and Laddie, I don't know if you agree with this, the biggest concern right now with the Canucks and I'm glad we're having Kevin Woodley on the show today, might be Thatcher Demko, who's been beaten cleanly on a number of shots in the past couple of games. Now, if you think back to that St. Louis game, you're like, that was a nice shot by Colton Perico. It was a nice shot by Robert Thomas. Mm-hmm. But there were a few shots that went in against the New Jersey Devils, shots from distance. I don't know if there were screens there. I don't know. He just, I don't know. For me... He didn't look great. The Canucks as a team looked great. Um, The Canucks had the day off yesterday, and they're going to play back-to-back tonight and tomorrow against the Rangers and Islanders, respectively. It's not like I'm calling for Casey DeSmith to play both those games. They're going to split those games, I'm sure of it, but I'll be curious to get both Laddie's and Kev's opinion on Thatcher Demko because you know when I played hockey last night, He was the one guy, all the guys on my team were like, what's going on with Demko? And I I was kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, he has not looked great the last couple of games. Ladrick?
4: I'm not sure I'm ready to sound any alarm bells quite yet, but uh, I think it's just the ebbs ebbs and flows of the season, right? Sometimes you get those weeks where you're just not tracking as well, and I don't think it's any major flaws in his game. It's just tough opponents, some really good shots, uh, some unfortunate situations that he's been in, but I think he's overall, I don't think he's too much of a concern. I think well, that well, I think
2: the Canucks as a team started backing up a little bit against the New Jersey Devils and Rick Tockett, to his credit called that timeout when it was 5-4 and he, you could tell on the bench he's just like, "Hey, calm down everyone. Mm-hmm. Relax." So who go- and he, and he said and he said after uh he said after the game, he's like, "Yeah, I was just telling him, you get, you know, trust the system, trust the system."
3: So back to backs, Monday, Tuesday night, New York, New York. Who goes tonight? Who goes tomorrow? I have no idea. I think Demko will go tonight, and then Just Smith will go tomorrow. I mean, it doesn't really we'll matter, doesn't, I suppose. It but doesn't really matter. No. You know, the I don't even want to call them struggles; I going to say ebbs and flows of the season. It does make that decision to start the Smith. Remember that Thursday game against Philadelphia on the twenty eighth. Where it was sort of like there's no real rhyme or reason to starting Desmith because there was big chunks of time between both games and there was plenty of rest opportunities. Uh, of course, since then Demko started three straight, and they, I mean you mentioned the game against St. Louis. With, I mean it was a two, it was a two one game, so you're not going to hang that. Off and they the were road,
2: really so. they were really nice shots. Yeah, like Pareko ripped it. Robert Thomas ripped it. They were they were nice shots, but you know we we have such high standards for Thatcher Demko and really any goalie in the NHL when. When a goalie gets beaten clean on a shot, you're you're almost like, oh, we should probably we should have stopped
3: that. And that's not the which, which is crazy. Look, right? And that's not even close to being the biggest story from the weekend and moving no, forward. I don't the big focus on it. The biggest story and the one moving forward throughout the next week and forever, how long they keep them together is the reunion of the Lotto line. People are now relitigating the actual nickname. Please don't do that, everybody. Okay. It doesn't matter what sequential order the guys line up in left to right wing. It doesn't
2: yeah. matter. It's... And I don't care if the guys on the line like it or not. Yeah. You are the lotto line. Yeah. Okay. Deal with That's
3: it. That's it. Just deal with
2: it. It works. Um, 649. It's actually,
3: I think it's a great nickname. Yeah. It's one right? of the better ones that they've got out there. And... I liked
4: IMAX Pacto Mountain reference in his article. Please don't. I can't do even pronounce it.
3: I know. I was looking it up here. That's okay. We'll just bypass it. E A E K T U Mountain. P-A-E-K-T-U, Mountain. You can read IMAX column on <laughs> Sportsnet.ca if you want to know what the hell Greg is talking
0: about right now. But They've look, never split them up again. Yeah. Ever. Well, okay. There's a couple things here. I don't care if it makes the rest of the lines weaker. <laughs> Just don't do it. I well, I think they don't care if the they fact, start losing. But yeah. the fact
2: that they can my my point when talking about uh the Bluger line with Garland and uh Dakota Joshua and having Pew Suter able to center McKayev and Kuzmenko. And they look good too. They mm-hmm. they looked really like they good. looked like a legit they second good. line, yeah. Well, yeah. but or a third line if or you want to yeah, call it. You yeah. know, like I I I just think having those two things allow the reuniting of the lotto line without sacrificing a whole lot. Because really, when you're talking about it, you're like, okay, well, if you're gonna put the lotto line back together, man, the rest of your lines are really gonna struggle. <laughs> no, no, they didn't against New Jersey.
3: Well, it was. I mean, look. Tockett had a really an ideal situation on his hands here because you're at game 39 of the regular season. So you're basically halfway through the year. There was always this sense of, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I always got that there was a vibe or a sense of lotto line is the break glass in case of emergency move. Like, okay, things aren't going great. We don't want to do this, but we're going to throw them together. I did not get that sense in this game. Yeah, we've talked a little bit of, about, like, Kuzmenko's struggles and the lack of a top six well, top reason. six struggles. Yeah. But they overall... Relatively o- speaking, overall they haven't cl- been struggling. Right. Overall, collectively, yeah. through the first half of the season, the Canucks are fourth in the NHL and they're scoring <laughs> tons of goals. Like, yeah, the offense has not been a problem. So, Tockett had a almost luxury of riches and embarrassment of riches to be able to do this, and it turned out great. Mm-hmm. An offensive explosion in New Jersey, and then I think the even more important part, and that's what you brought up, was that everything filled in rather adeptly in the second and third lines where you're saying, hmm, well, this is an interesting wrinkle come postseason time because when you've got that matchup against the same opponent every second night, you have to start throwing different looks at them and different wrinkles at them, right? So you could say, well, we're going to split Pedersen and Miller and have Miller be more of a shutdown center, but if things aren't going our way in a particular series or we see in it something we can take advantage of, the lotto line's there, and we know that, Suter filling in as a sort of, I mean, what would you call them, a stopgap 2C? And, God, you're right, because I don't even know what the second line is and what the third line is yeah, at that yeah. point. They're almost interchangeable. It's nice. It's really great. And shout out to Dakota. Suter and
2: Bluger, both those guys who would, who center those lines have been way better than I thought they'd be. I thought they'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I liked the addition of Bluger, but I thought, okay, maybe a 4C. And then Suter... Um, you know, all the analytics guys were like, someone should sign this guy. I, and they were absolutely right about it. He is a very smart, smart player. I have no both, idea. Both offensively and defensively.
3: I have no idea why Pew Suter was left hanging until the middle of Ma- August. Maybe he wanted too much. Maybe. I yeah. don't know. It doesn't make any sense now, to me because everything I've seen from the guy, he ticks a lot of boxes for what he's getting paid.
2: So look, it's going to be a different story against the Rangers tonight because the Devils... um As much trouble as the Devils have given the Canucks over the past few years, they didn't have Jack Hughes. They didn't have Timo Meyer. They didn't have Andre Palat. They didn't have Dougie Hamilton. Those are some really good players. And, um, you know, when you looked at the Devils lineup without those guys, you were like, yeah, I still see some speedy guys, right? Um, And Nico Heischer, one of the best uh, two-way centers in the game. He was still in the game. But overall, look. That was not a full-strength New Jersey Devils team. But I still think that a lot of us were watching that game and going, I cannot believe, not just that the Canucks are winning this game, how badly they're dominating the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, New Jersey couldn't even get out of their own end in the first period. And credit the Canucks for going into a place, after a loss in St. Louis, not that they played awful in St. Louis, but it wasn't one of the best efforts of the year. That might have been... I don't know. For me, I know it didn't end well, uh, particularly well. Like they, it was closer than it should have been, and we all had to stress out a little bit watching it. But man, that was a good performance from the Vancouver Canucks.
3: Yeah, and by the way, just for the, and we will talk about the Pedersen contract stuff at some point today because we got some new thirty-two thoughts audio that we can play. But uh, just a friendly reminder uh, how. What what the difference is is when you have those elite tandems playing with your top center. And I know Pedersen bounced out to the wing and vice versa, but you know there's a big difference between Elias Pedersen being teamed up with Ilya Mikheyev. No disrespect to Mikheyev
2: and Sam Lafferty,
3: right? But that's that's the difference. That mm-hmm. was an offensive explosion on the weekend, right? And I mean Miller and Pedersen combined for four
2: goals in their first appearance together all year. And the other thing you can do too um, is you load up the lotto line. You like how the Blueger line plays um, two-way, you yep. know, defensively. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can shelter Kuzmenko a little bit. But with players that can, can, can play offensively, sure. right? You're not throwing Kuzmenko down on the fourth line with Nils Amon and Sam Lafferty. You're yep. putting them with two pretty good players in Pew Suter and Ilya Mikheyev. Right, mm-hmm. You get two Milstein clients out there. Mikheyev and Kuzmenko is like, we're in it together. Chemistry. Uh, by the Chemistry. way, um, cause, um, speaking of Milstein clients, Zadorov didn't play. Nope. And um, Carson Susi returned. I thought he looked pretty good. A yeah, Good game. I guess Zadorov is dealing with a bit of an injury, so that's something to monitor going forward. Um, in the back of my mind, I was like, I wonder if there's something else going in there. Like, do they not want to take Julesson out? But... <laughs> Yeah, because well, Gajulson's been playing well. Yeah. He's been playing well. You know what? They survived. I'll, I'll just trust them with the fact that he's dealing with some sort of day-to-day injuries. Sort of they they
3: survived the 23-game absence of Carson Soucy quite adeptly, and it's one of those things where it's you just kind of shake your head sometimes. you're like, I can't believe how well everything is working out. I can't believe how well this blue line has worked out, given the pieces that it was comprised of, especially going into the season. Soucy finishes with just over 20 minutes of ice time, plus two, got an assist. Uh, We mentioned Thatcher Demko as we kind of wrap up our notes on the Canucks here. Kudos to Demmer. His 100th career win passes Jacob Markstrom for fifth all time on the Vancouver Canucks win list. And most importantly, and thank you to our numerous texters who have texted in about this already. Quinn Hughes moved into sole possession of most multi-point performances by a defenseman in franchise history. He passed Alex Edler, and it was his 69th. Career multi-point game, nice. Jason. Yeah,
2: I know. Nice. Yeah. There's a few people that have texted that in. Yes, I uh, mentioned that. Well, you know yeah. why? Because it's nice. Because it's nice. Nice. Um, let's mention uh, the NFL story. Just let's real just quickly. do the Seahawks.
3: I just kind of want to. Be- I just kind of want to rag on the Seahawks for the final three
2: minutes of this segment. What are you talking about? They won and then celebrated <laughs> with cigars. They <laughs> sure did. So it the... was for Julian Love. So he, he had a son or so a, a daughter. I don't know. He had a baby. He had a
3: baby. <laughs> let's just say baby, because we don't know. I mean, he does, but we don't. I didn't look it up. I didn't look it up either. I didn't look it up either. Anyway, if you have no idea what we're talking about right now, the Seattle Seahawks did indeed win their regular season finale over the Arizona Cardinals 21-20. It was not a good game. It was not a good performance. Even though they rallied late to win, it was really ugly, and it was made uglier by the fact that at the very same time, the Green Bay Packers were taking care of business against the Chicago Bears, thereby knocking the Seahawks out of the playoffs now the thing that's got everybody up in arms is that in the aftermath of a season in which they failed to make the playoffs after surprisingly make it a year ago numerous players on the Seahawks defense the younger guys I might add mm-hmm. the younger guys not Bobby Wagner he was not in there the younger guys were caught taking selfies smoking what appeared to be victory cigars or celebratory cigars In the locker room, to which everybody said, wait a minute, why are you celebrating? You just missed out on the playoffs. Right. And it was later revealed that uh, safety Jordan Love, who is also on the way to the Pro Bowl, he was celebrating the birth of his... Julian Love. What did I say? Jordan Love? I think I said, yeah, Jordan Love's from the Packers. Julian Julian. Love, thank you. Um, Was celebrating going to the Pro Bowl and having a baby. Mm. The timing was maybe the worst that I've ever seen. There's no explanation... As to why, after your season comes to a Mm. very, very disappointing... Someone should be like, optics, guys, optics. Like, you could have done it today. You could have met up in the parking lot and had the cigars Mm. and hung out and done everything. Don't do it in the aftermath of your season coming crashing
2: down in front of you. For me, that whole cigar thing wasn't a big deal because... Well, it's a big deal for a lot of people. No, no, no. It's not a big deal. Especially John Ryan. For me, yeah, he was the former kicker, and the Canadian was upset about that on, on social media. Um, but for me, like I had already determined that I think they m- need to make some pretty significant changes to the Seahawks team. And for the first time, well, maybe not the first time, in the Pete Carroll era, I've wondered all season if he's kind of lost the room. If the Pete Carroll way of doing business isn't working so much for numerous reasons, uh, first of all, Sometimes the effort with tackling has not looked good. Uh, sometimes players like DK Metcalf and Jamal Adams have gone up to the podium and mm-hmm. kind of acted a little dismissively um, when asked about some of the things, the criticism that they're getting from their coach. So they've they said like, "Yeah, I've had a talk with Coach Pete," you know, yep. and they've acted kind of like they've rolled their eyes a little dismissively. And, um, I just wonder if there are going to be some major repercussions from this season. Now there's going to be changes like Clint hurt as a defensive coordinator. I'm pretty sure he'll be gone. Jamal Adams. I'm pretty sure he won't play another game for the Seahawks. To me, that isn't major change. That's just off season stuff that happens all the time, right? Like, of course there are going to be some changes, I'm talking about the two big kind of topics, and that would be Pete Carroll and John Schneider, but also the quarterback Geno Smith. Do they go in a new direction at the quarterback? But I would say it starts with Pete.
3: This is the it first. It starts
2: with Pete because this is the first time that I've actually wondered if Pete might get fired or even Pete might just walk away. This is the first time that I felt that
3: there are going to be major changes at a higher level. ...than just player personnel. First time I felt it. I I always You
2: you said in our text thread that
3: you don't think big things are going to happen. I think big things are going to happen. So you've changed your mind since our text thread yesterday. Yeah. I think big things are going to happen. I'm seeing what's going on around the NFL right now. I'm hearing some of the names that are being bandied about. And I'm hearing about teams that just aren't satisfied being mediocre and, and the Seahawks are one of them. The Seahawks were below mediocre this year. I don't know. Nine think, and eight. They, they did not deserve <laughs> to be a nine and eight team. I'm no. glad you brought that up their last three <laughs> wins of the season against Philadelphia, Tennessee, and Arizona all required, not just game winning drives, but a hell of a lot of luck and a hell of a lot of mistakes from the teams that they were playing against. They yeah. shouldn't have lost Arizona yesterday. Matt Prater missed two
2: field goals in the fourth quarter, including one of the death to win the game. Part of me wonders if Arizona was like, let's lose this guy's draft position. Just try to old
3: man Prater. He'll miss him.
2: That's no problem.
3: <laughs> I'm telling you this. I, look, I was listening to the postgame show yesterday. Uh, and uh, Jordan Babineau, former Seahawk, does mm-hmm. their analysis now. He said he expects both coordinators to be out the door. That's But that or, wouldn't be major for me. That wouldn't be. Major, that would that be would... But then I'm saying, if you're going to go that far, why not
2: clean house? Why bring back Pete Carroll at this point? Well, because Pete a, Carroll's a, overseen all yeah. of these hires. Because it's a major decision to make. So we'll talk later on in the show. David Amber is going to join us next. We'll talk about the Canucks. Uh, we'll talk about some of the other stories in the NHL, including Connor Bedard breaking his jaw and being doubtful for the January 22nd game in Vancouver. Hope you didn't pay a lot to get tickets to that one. If you did, and you're going to still go, you'll probably see a Canucks win, but you won't see Connor Bedard. You're listening to the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.
0: Everything Canucks, before and after the games. Canucks Central with Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: 32 on a Monday. Happy Monday, everybody! Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Bruff of the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Accurate dealer today. We are in hour one of the program. Hour one is brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling, Vancouver's premier metal recycler, pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling: They recycle, you get paid. Visit them at 1170 Powell Street in Vancouver. Let's go to the phone lines now. Our next guest joins us every Monday here on the Halford & Bruff Show. Uh, David Amber, Hockey Night in Canada, Sportsnet NHL host here on Sportsnet 650. Morning, David. How are you?
1: Hey, gentlemen. It's been a while, right? Between uh, Christmas and New Year's, uh, we missed a couple weeks, so uh, good to talk to you guys. Happy New Year.
3: Yeah, happy New Year to you as well. No shortage of stories. What are we, eight days into the New Year here? Uh, The biggest one over the weekend, I think... Was that uh, Connor Bedard is now out indefinitely after suffering a fractured jaw uh, against the New Jersey Devils on Friday? That news got announced on Saturday. Uh, so, what's more disappointing here? Is it your reaction to learning of Connor Bedard's broken jar? The fact that somehow the Calgary Flames lost to the Chicago Blackhawks on Sunday, despite them having about 10 guys on IR, including Connor Bedard?
1: Yeah, that was. Yeah, the Flames, my goodness. Uh, you know, if they miss the playoffs by a couple of points, that'll be one of the games they point to and to say, you know, it was right there on the platter for us and, and we couldn't do it, which was disappointing. They looked a little lethargic and maybe it was one of those ultimate trap games, you know, finishing up a road trip and without the dart and everything else. But uh, I was really sad to see that news like every hockey fan. I'm I'm hopeful you know, we haven't really had a prognosis as far as timing. Have you guys heard timing at all? Because there's a lot of No, nothing in- at all. Indefinite,
2: nothing at all. Yeah. yeah, I
1: you know, we've seen, and I guess it all depends on how severe the, the, the break is, but we've seen guys, you know, take a week or two, throw a cage on and go about their business. Um, you know, is there much interest in Chicago with their the whole foundation of their franchise to, to, to do that? I'm not sure. And quite frankly, the season isn't about, isn't about making the playoffs for them. So maybe he sits longer than most, but I'm really hopeful that he's here for all-star weekend uh, in a couple of where I guess in three weeks or so here in Toronto, and you know, it'd be a shame to not be able to showcase him, you know, in that, you know, on that platform to, to the hockey world. Um, so I'm hopeful for that. And I'm hopeful to get him back sooner than later. And, you know, we saw that we went through this with Connor McDavid and he broke a clavicle mm-hmm. midway through the season and we, we missed miss McDavid for whatever it was, 25 games or something. So, it's a shame, but it's part of hockey. It, you know, by all accounts, it was a clean hit, and that
2: and that happens. Yeah. Well, if Bedard does show up for All Star Weekend, he might not be the best interview. I don't know if <laughs> do they do they still wire jaw shut? To do they don't do that? How do Alfred? Uh, you, you're the latest on jaw. Uh, like how do they, how I, do they do it?
3: I don't I don't think they do the wire thing. They anymore. don't do the wire thing. What are you talking about? Why you know not? what?
2: I'm going to Google it and I'm going to find okay. out for you. Um, David, let's talk about this Nylander contract. Uh, is that going to, we've been hearing that it's on the verge of happening for what the last week or two, uh, when is it actually going to go down? And what do you think the reaction in Toronto is going to be if Nylander gets his eight year deal with a cap hit of like eleven and a half million dollars
1: Well, I'm more interested in what the reaction is going to be in Vancouver. What does that mean for Pedersen? Right. <laughs>
2: That's the big
1: storyline. Yeah. Um, Listen, I, I think, first of all, all speculation is that it could come down as early as today. Uh, there was even a Swedish report yesterday saying it's a done deal. I'm not sure how much credibility we should lend to that. Um, you know, our people, our insiders haven't given it the thumbs up that it's done yet. But it looks like, by all accounts, it's on the verge of happening. 11.5, I guess, is the number. You know, eight years is the, is the term. Uh, I think it'll be met enthusiastically, generally, uh, because the Lander's been so good this season. Uh, you know, but I will take a bit more of a measured approach, right? You know, the, the Leafs have had this core for for seven years now, and uh, you know the success has been very limited. One playoff win uh, with this group, and you have Matthews signing up, you have Nylander now signing up. Uh, you know, still have another year with Marner at ten point nine, so. I still would wonder, is the composition of the team, and I thought about the individuals because they're all great players in their own right, but it's the composition of having four forwards making 11-plus million, Um, you know, and specifically in Nylander's case, a a winger, uh, you know, in Pedersen's case, you have a center who can play wing and who can kill penalties and everything else, and it's, you know, proven to be a 100-point guy. It looks like it'll be back-to-back seasons. Nylander's never got past that threshold, so and, and Patterson's two years younger, so there's just a lot of there's a lot of differences there and question marks there um, with would the composition of this team work with the, the four guys making you know such an extraordinary amount of money. So I think it'll generally be met with enthusiasm, but I'm sure there'll be some leaf fans. Then the expectations change dramatically, and and if Nylander doesn't produce at in an incredibly high level, uh, it'll be viewed in a in a much more negative way. The expectations would be much greater.
2: Once Nylander does sign this contract, is Bradshaw Living going to go and focus on a bunch of other stuff? Because I'm sure there are people looking at the blue line and going, if you guys want to make the Stanley Cup final, first of all, you might need a better blue line. You might also need a deeper blue line because if you do go on a deep playoff run, you'll need lots of defensemen. And they might also be asking the question, are you really going to stick with – Martin Jones as your goalie and, or wait for a rookie and Joseph Wool to be your goalie because, man, that it just seems risky with all that's at, at stake for the Toronto Maple Leafs.
1: A hundred percent. And I look at these as two different items. This is almost house cleaning, right? This is something, you know, Brad mean, the last thing you'd want is another Johnny Gaudreau situation. Let this linger, let this linger, have some back and forth but not meaningful discourse, not getting ink on paper and then you lose you know, a, a pillar of your franchise for nothing. So I think he's very, um, you know, uh, motivated to get this done with Nylander. And and again, this doesn't impact this year. It doesn't impact the salary cap. This all starts to take place next year. Then he could refocus to this year. And I'm sure he's taking calls, making calls, fielding calls, uh, having discussions with his scouting staff, et cetera, on a daily basis concerning the Leafs blue line, uh, concerning the Leafs goaltending situation, I think one thing that Martin Jones has done is it bought it has bought Bradray Living some time you know he goes out to California, Martin Jones makes all three starts, allows just two goals looks very good specifically in that King's game when the margin for error was was small, and the Leafs won a brand of hockey they haven't won all year uh low scoring tight checking games essentially so if nothing else, it's bottom a bit of time. But, you know, the Leafs, like New Jersey, like potentially Carolina, like Edmonton, there's there's four or five, six teams that all have, you know, significant playoff hopes. And they probably say we would love to shore up our goaltending. And the Leafs are one of those teams. Uh, I'm sure there's been a lot of work done towards that. There is some cap space that's opened up with the klinberg situation and, you know, potentially Ryan Reeves. I'm not sure when Ryan Reeves is back in the mix specifically but there is a bit of cap space now to play with for the Leafs and I'm sure those exact situations defense and goaltending are what are being addressed by Brad trey
2: Do you think UC Saros gets traded somewhere this season? That's a great question
1: um, you know when Nashville got off to that horrible start guys I, I sort of said oh Saros he'll be in the mix but look at Nashville now and, and I don't think anyone looks at them as a Stanley Cup caliber team but you know, how do you explain that to the fans? You're sitting in the first wild card. You played very, very well of late. Um, you're right in the mix there, and you have a world-class goaltender. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, listen, if you're Barry Trotz, you're going to listen to all calls. You're going to, uh, of course, see what the marketplace looks like and go from there. And if someone offers you picks and prospects and you know, a package that makes sense. I, of course, you're going to listen to that and, and make your decision based on that. I, I'm not thinking this is going to happen, though. I'm not sitting there thinking Soros is the guy. He might be the target. But again, if you're Edmonton, you're Toronto, you're Carolina, think about what it would take to get a UC Soros. I mean, are you going to give up so much that it's going to negate the fact that you're adding this, you know, world-class goaltender? I think if, if the last two Stanley Cups have shown us anything, guys, you don't need a superstar goalie, um, but you need better than above average goaltending. And if Edmonton and the Leafs and these other teams can get better than above average goaltending and can add on their blue line, let's say, in the Leafs situation, you know, you, you probably have just as uh, good a chance to win a Stanley Cup or to make some, some serious, hey, come playoff time, as going out in that world-class goaltending and having to subtract other parts of your team.
3: We're speaking to David Amber, Hockey Night in Canada, Sportsnet NHL host here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, you mentioned the Nashville Predators there. Uh, they finished the weekend uh, sole possession of the first wild card in the Western mm-hmm. Conference on 45 points. Guess who's second in the wild card, Chase, everybody? <laughs> It's the Edmonton Oilers, and you pointed this out on Twitter, and I think you're right. This is the first time all season that the Oilers have been in a playoff position. They've done it on the strength of seven straight wins, the second very lengthy um, winning streak they've had under new head coach Chris Knobloch. So i got to ask you, now that the Edmonton Oilers have got a hold of that wild card spot, do you think they'll relinquish it
1: again this season? Well, I mean, anything could happen. There's, what, three teams within one point, and there's two teams tied at 41 points. I think St.
3: Louis right. and Seattle have 41, and Arizona, they're still sticking around. They have 40.
1: Yeah, I mean, so realistically, do I think the Oilers are long-term not going to be in the class? No, I, I definitely think, if anything, they're going to try and make a run to the top three in the division. And, and look now, you know, Los Angeles is only five points in front of them, and Edmonton, you know, is right there. Uh they look, they look like the team we thought they were. Like, let's put it that way. You know, it's it's weird. I feel, in a sense, bad for Jay Woodcroft. He was the benefactor a couple of years ago when they got rid of Dave Tippett and brought him in, and he was sort of that change of voice, change of pace, and everything went great from that point forward. And you know, Jay Woodcroft, by all, by all accounts, is a good coach. And they literally just ran out of things to do, and there was there was a bit of a panic, and like, let's get a new voice and a new feel to the team. They bring in Nablak, and and the rest is history, right? So. I I'm the scenario that's kind of catching my eye is who's leading the Pacific? The Vancouver Canucks. Yep. Who's leading the Central? The Winnipeg Jets and Edmonton sitting there in the first wild card. I mean, that would just be a kind of a kick in the pants to either of those teams if the if the playoffs started today to have to roll in and oh, there's Connor McDavid, Leon Dry and everyone else. So I'm waiting to see what's gonna happen with Edmonton maybe they're going to make a run a little bit further up the Pacific standings and and change sort of the, the and dynamic. But imagine having to face Edmonton in the first round. I don't think that's a formidable opponent for anyone, not just because they're playing so hot right now, but just because they sort of, they've got their mojo back, they're healthy. uh, and, And they, they seem like that team that's a little bit has a bit of not destiny, but they certainly seem like that team that's playing up to the caliber. We expected them to be at. I'm
3: glad you mentioned Winnipeg there. We have the same conversation with Winnipeg all the time on this show. It's like, Whoa. Look at the Jets. We should pay more attention to them. But now.
2: And then we're like, like next topic. I,
3: we tried. <laughs> like We tried. I'm now it's even crazier because if you look at the National Hockey League overall standings right now, number one in the National Hockey League with 56 points is the Winnipeg Jets. It is remarkable. And then I started thinking, well, you got the Jets first overall in the NHL. You've got the Canucks Fourth overall in the NHL. Mm-hmm. the Leafs are 10th, and the Oilers, even though they're down there in the overall standings, uh, they look like they're on their way to getting back and maybe into playoff. that's four Canadian teams in pretty good playoff positioning right now. It's a t- good time to be a Canadian team
1: unless you're Ottawa. <laughs> yeah, we said that for a while. You know what you know why you don't talk about the Jets fellows because they're not sexy. Um, but what they are is a damn good hockey team. Their identity is so crystal clear. Great goaltending. They grind the heck out of you. I watched their game yesterday. All they do, they get the puck down low. They grind you. They hit you. Uh, they force turnovers. They run four lines at you. Their third line with, with Lowry and Niederreiter uh, and Appleton is, is arguably their identity line and arguably you know the best third line in hockey. They just grind the heck out of you. Uh, They're not intimidated. They have a big blue line, mobile defensemen. They're just—they kind of check every box, but they're not sexy. There's no Connor McDavid. McDavid. There's no Pedersen. There's no Quinn Hughes. There's no Austin Matthews. They're not a team you go, ooh, this is exciting. They don't care. That's their identity. And Rick Bonus has said as much. Just be patient and stick to our game and not get caught up with all the other BS. And it's working perfectly. I mean, it's—they've really changed the identity of their team. If, if Kevin dayoff does a win GM uh, of the year, or at least in consideration, think about you know nine months ago, the team. Oh, Hellebuck's deal's coming up. He's going to want to leave. He's mm-hmm. an American. Scheifele's deal's coming up. He's going to want to leave. Oh, what are we going to do? You know, Wheeler and, and Dubois. Dubois is always disgruntled. He goes, he gets rid of Wheeler, trades Dubois, adds depth, uh, signs Scheifele, signs, signs Hellebuck, makes a bunch of good moves, uh, you know, adding, you know, kind of depth players, and here they are. It, it's a great story, guys. It's not sexy, um, but it is a great hockey story, and they might have as good a chance to be lifting the Stanley Cup as any Canadian team uh, come next June. Uh, before we
3: let you go, Rangers, Canucks, let's finish with some Canucks talk. Rangers, Canucks, 4 o'clock on Sportsnet tonight. Big game, two of the top five teams in the National Hockey League uh, I Again, checking out your Twitter feed. Let's have a moment of appreciation for Dakota Joshua, who scored his 10th goal of the season against the Devils on Saturday. He's on pace to score
2: 21 goals. Chitching big guy, can yeah. score goals <laughs> and kill penalties. The, the Canucks are going to be hard-pressed to keep this guy, I think. So they might as well enjoy him while they got him. <laughs> <laughs> I love how there's the same doom and gloom in Vancouver as there is in Toronto. Guys I hate like, oh, the no, salary cap. It. I hate it. He
1: scored it. another goal. Oh no! Yeah. Yeah. going to
2: yeah. cost. More. He's gone. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, listen. Maybe he's gone. Maybe he's not. One thing I'll say is Alvin Rutherford and the gang, Dave, have found a way to manage things. You know, whether you know they got rid of OEL. Right, that was a contract. I'm sure on your guys' show, you talked about. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's an impossible contract to get rid of. They, they, they're managing things. Uh, these are good problems to have, right? It's, it's a good problem to have mm-hmm. a guy you want to keep and who's scoring 20 goals and can do all these things and plays a tough physical brand of hockey. He's just a treat to watch. And mm-hmm. as much as there might be some some sadness in Vancouver, I mean, the Leafs drafted this guy, right? Like, how many, how many GMs probably overlooked this guy and didn't think he was going to be a bona fide NHLer? And here he is, as you said. Like, he is the prototypical kind of power forward teams are coveting so badly. When the Leafs want to add size to their forward group because they feel they're undersized up front, it's the exact prototype of a Dakota Joshua that they'd be thinking about. That's the funny thing. So, uh, it's been a great fit. I think Rick Tockett deserves a ton of credit. Uh, we're having former Canuck uh, and former Leaf, for that matter, on our show uh, for a brief segment today. Russ Cortnell, hmm. and you know, Russ Cortnell's good friends with Rick Tockett, and we were on the phone yesterday to sort of prepping for tonight's um, Rogers Monday Night Hockey and. And, and Cornell was making a whole point of saying, you know, Rick Tockett, what a job he has done there in Vancouver. And he's just been the right voice and the right presence at the right time with this group. And it's been, it's been awesome to watch. Tonight might be one of the best matchups we have on a Monday night. Vancouver and the Rangers, two legitimate powerhouses going toe-to-toe. And it's going to be really, really exciting.
3: David, this was great, man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to do this. We appreciate it. Enjoy the game tonight. Should be a good one. We'll do this again next week.
1: Thanks, Al. Thanks for having me on, as always.
3: Uh, David Amber, Hockey Night in Canada, Sportsnet NHL host, and he's going to be working the game tonight. Four o'clock, Canucks Rangers from Madison Square
2: Garden on Sportsnet. Uh, uh, Torgy in not just because we're 3-0 and against the Oilers. I do believe the Canucks match up well, and if we had home ice, I'd love that matchup, but let's get there first. Um, yeah, I, I don't want anything to do with the Edmonton Oilers in the playoffs. I think they're a team on a mission, um, the way they're playing right now. McDavid and Dry I would prefer, frankly, I've changed my mind on this a little bit. Like, Vegas isn't playing all that well right now. And neither neither is LA. You know, LA,
0: it's only problems. problems. So,
2: is LA, so Phoenix Copley is out for the season um, ACL, I think. Yes, that's right. Um, Are they really going to go with Cam Talbot, who is what, 36 now? Yes. Cam Talbot and David Riddich? Big save Dave. Big save Dave is back. Like, Hamilton's Cam Talbot. Talbot big save Dave? Talbot's played unbelievable. And I've always kind of liked Talbot's game. I always felt he was a little bit underrated. Yep, but I agree. But still, like that's the tandem you're gonna go in with. I mean, this is the this is the problem with the roster and the way that Rob Blake
3: built it in Los Angeles was there was big spending and big acquisitions everywhere else, and they wanted to go cheap and net. Right? They could have kept Corpus Allo, they didn't. Yeah. And this is the the issue was always gonna be Um, What happens if one of these sort of dime store solutions, all due respect to Cam Talbot and the other guys, but if it doesn't work out, if they are ineffective or they got hurt, you just don't have the depth of goaltending. I'll be very curious to see if they can do anything on a market where there appears to be way more buyers right Mm -hmm. now, the goalie market. For sure there are. There's a lot of teams that need help. Like all L.A. did was get a ticket at the deli and wait in line. Like mm-hmm. they got, there's a lot of other teams that are at the forefront of needing goalie help, and I'm not sure. Like Montreal's got to be laughing right now. Montreal's got the <laughs> the keys to the palace in Jake well, Allen. And right? also,
4: I think it shows a lot of these teams that uh, figuring out your defensive system probably is the foremost issue that you should work out. Because look at L.A. You can go cheap with your goaltending. But if you have the solid structure in front of them, you right. can get away with it. I can think. I, right. Can
3: I tell you the craziest thing about the Los Angeles Kings um, at home this year? They've actually been really bad. They're seven seven and five at home. They're thirteen three and one on the road. The Will Ferrell effect. <laughs> like nothing they do makes sense. And I'll be very curious to see what happens with this uh, with here's goal. Here's
2: another text into the show. Is there panic in Toronto, seeing as the Leafs are only three points from missing the playoffs? There doesn't seem to be missing the playoffs. Panic. But I do think it's very worthwhile pointing out that the Leafs only have 12 regulation wins in 37 games. The Canucks have 24 regulation wins in 39 games. So the Canucks have double the number of regulation wins than the Leafs do. Now the Leafs have been very good in overtime and the shootout. And they do have a plus 13 goal differential. I still view the Leafs as a good team, but, yeah, they're not guaranteed to make the playoffs. You know who else isn't guaranteed to make the playoffs and, frankly, is looking like they're going to miss? is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm. They're just not a good team right now. They're 19-17-5 with a minus-9 goal differential. Everyone thought they'd be much better when Vasilevsky got back. They've probably been worse. They rushed him. Right? Rushed well, them. I I don't know. Um, but, you know, <laughs> New Jersey might not make the playoffs. If their injuries keep piling up,
3: you know it would be a you know it would be a sick rental for a top six forward for the Vancouver Canucks come playoff time. Steve Stamkos. <laughs>
2: Why do you keep bringing this
3: up? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, here's the thing: this situation in Tampa Bay with Stamkos. Forget the trade part of it; mm-hmm. just the contract. If this it's was interesting. In, if this was in any other market. Mm-hmm any other market that was like robust and had a lot of boots on the ground reporters and a bunch of pundits and idiots in the morning talking about it they would be like this does not make sense steve stamkos is the face of the franchise he means so much to tampa bay he's
2: having a good year and they've just cut off contract talks maybe they they got an inkling that he really wants a big pay, a big payday and they're looking at their team and going I don't know, man. You're 33 years old. Oh, I'm what sure are we that's what's happening. It's look- just that
3: it's gone completely unaddressed. That everyone's like, ah, okay. Yeah.
2: Well, well, the- we'll just wait and see what happens. Well, the Pedersen situation is not getting going unaddressed <laughs> see? in Vancouver. Uh, we do have a clip from 32 Thoughts that we can play on the other side. Listen, it's not huge breaking news or anything, but we do have an open segment on the other side. So text in any of your questions or comments into the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650 650 Dunbar Lumber with three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street. Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center, Arbutus, and Vancouver. Online at DunbarLumber.com. So much to discuss in the world of sports. The Vancouver Canucks had a great game against New Jersey. It was an exciting finish. Shouldn't have been an exciting finish, but it was. And now tonight they're going to play one of the best teams in the league in the New York Rangers. And then tomorrow they're playing Bo Horvat and the New York Islanders, so there's going to be plenty of hockey talk coming up in the next little while. Uh, The NFL finished the regular season. Some surprise misses in the NFL. I don't think the Seahawks were a surprise miss, but they did miss. Are they going to make major changes? We've also got a national title game tonight, the Washington Huskies versus the Michigan Wolverines. A lot of people wondering about the head coach of the Wolverines and Jim Harbaugh, is he going to go to the NFL next season, especially if he gets a win tonight for the Wolverines. The Wolverines are five-point favorites over the Dogs. So, look, let's have a fun show today. Text in some good questions or comments into the Dunbar Lumber text line. Mike Tannier is going to join us at 7.30. Kevin Woodley is going to join us at 8 o'clock. We can talk about Thatcher Demko's play over the last little while. You're listening to the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.